Welcome to the Danger Room, a place to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy and how to level up your game in Marvel Crisis Protocol. We will have our Xavier Protocol segment, some hot takes discussing something new and shiny, and our main topic of the week. We would like to begin by thanking you, the listener, for giving us your time to listen to our opinions of the game. On the podcast, we have Jacob, Sploosh, and myself, Dizzard. Welcome to the Danger Room, um, to you guys and myself, because I'm back after, what, four weeks of not being here? Something like that. But um, today we're going to be going over, uh, talking about some of the games that have already happened for the top 18 into the top 16, and some predictions as far as going forward with it. And we're going to talk about um, the first scenes first with our Xavier protocols of going over the reroll change. That hasn't been a change, but it is a change to everybody. <laughs> um, and Jacob, do you want to give us a down low on this new news? For sure. Uh, I don't. Well, firstly, welcome back, Desert. Great to have you back. Um, yes. But uh, I don't want to go into like the the whole detail. I suspect most of our listeners have already come across it. If you haven't already heard it, then uh, there'll be a link to an article I wrote about it, which really spells out the sort of the nitty gritty of it. So um, have a look at that and then come back to us afterwards rather than just try and go through it. But overall, what's happened is you have to pay for re-rolls before you have perfect information is is the summary. So lots of those abilities. Mm -hmm. In particular, this affects Wakanda and MODOK. Um, and generally, I think it's it's a good thing for, for the game. I mean, we know Connor and Modoc; those are things people have complained about quite loudly and quite passionately for a while now. And seeing them sort of taken down a level in terms of uh, just their mechanics of how they work is not a bad thing, I don't think, for the game. In fact, I'd argue it was a good thing for the game. Yeah. Uh, it really does. I've watched a few games now where people have been playing Wakanda and there's one thing you notice is there's more wasted power. There's more people paying for rerolls that they don't need because they don't have perfect information. And that's a real contrast, you know, sort of paying four to six extra power over the course of a game actually is a really big impact. Uh, so I'm, I'm generally pretty happy. I think it feels a bit weird going through the motions of an attack now with this sort of clunky, I have to stop. No, don't roll your dice yet. I've got to think, okay, now I've made a decision. Now roll your dice and then, then I do the rerolls. Feels a little bit jarring because it's not the way we've been playing it for what nearly two years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, uh, yeah, it'll take a bit of getting used to, but I think it's a good thing. Um, something that I want to point out about this is I think it was Art who did a little note taking on watching the game. I think he said that it was only a loss of like a, an absolute loss by having to pay before the reroll four times when he was watching the Wakanda game. Um, and really think about it, like four power really isn't that big of a deal. So I personally don't think that this is going to impact Wakanda as gravely as some people initially thought it would. You say that four power isn't that big of a deal, but how much does field dressing cost? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's four, four power. But I, I don't think it's as big of an impact as like the community like initially made it like, oh, Wakanda's going down now. Like, no, there's still going to be a top tier um, affiliation. It's just, it's more balanced in my opinion, I, I do think it's, it balances the curve a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of taking away one of the strings of their bow of that kind of hyper-efficiency that mm-hmm. they had. And you're you're t- tuning that down a bit. But they've still got really reliable pushes. They've still got really great pivot into offense. They've got the best tactics card in the game, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they've got lots of other things going for them. I don't know. Um, I played a little test game with Sinister Traps the other day, and that card is amazing. It's It's a lot of fun. 
just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Spoosh, do you have any thoughts on how this impacts Wakanda or the game in general? First of all, it's quite the coincidence. We had a discussion about this last week, and it was announced, like, what, a day or something after our yeah. episode was released? Like two days um, ago. I actually asked, um, what is it, uh, Pagani, if that was just a coincidence, and he insisted it was. So <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just have to go with that. Um, I know a lot of people out there believe it was kind of a secret um, errata kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether that's true or not, maybe we'll never know. I, but it definitely is going to slow games down. Like, it's just a reality. Um, so when you play against Wakanda, uh, I think a game will take about 10 more minutes. And I think yeah. there's even, maybe even more, but for sure, probably like 10 minutes if you're playing it correctly. And um, uh, I think also you mentioned the four power loss. I think Art also mentioned, uh, in, uh, he mentioned that there was a moment where Shuri could have been used to save a character and wasn't, and that cost mm-hmm. the character's life. And surviving at one would have enabled like a field dressing. So it basically swung an entire turn. So I, I, yeah. I, think, I don't think you can downplay this. I, when, you're, when you're talking competitive gameplay, sometimes like a 3%er can be the difference between a win and a loss. You know? mm-hmm. So I, I do think this is a subtle but very powerful change. I also think it, you guys didn't exactly mention, sure, it affects um, Wakanda and MODOK and Beast. Don't forget Beast. Show him love. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's mostly impactful when you're trying to use them all at once. So yeah. if you've got MODOK, Shuri, and the Wakanda reroll, uh, it's not such an exploit. Because, uh, mm. you know, again, I, I have to acknowledge Travis because he's the guy who loves doing this. But... You know, he mentioned in our last episode that he likes to kind of see someone's defensive role and then just hammer them, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you and, and he's doing that with perfect information. I mean, I, he he articulated it perfectly. And um, I realize probably a lot of people already know what I'm saying, but I, I can't. It needs to be emphasized how powerful it is to see an opponent's role and then pick and choose your power usage one at a time. That's not a thing anymore. Now you're going to yeah. have to yeah. say. Uh, I roll, I pay three power with Modoc. I pay three power with Shuri. I pay one power Modoc to use the leadership uh, and then start rolling more dice. Like, so sure, like there'll be maybe like a game where you just absolutely want something dead and you feel a little flush with power and you can afford to spend seven power. But uh, that is now more of a cost and a concern and, and just more of an unknown. It's not perfect. And that's enough change for me. I think that's huge. So, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I got one last question real quick for you guys on this because this came up in the um, like the dark Illuminati Illuminati chat within like the TTS Discord, um, and that is in a tournament or competitive scene. How do you rule it if like how are you supposed to play this out if someone either doesn't pay for the reroll? Is the person who's the opponent's like, hey, are you going to make your reroll? Or like, where do you think this timing fits in in the competitive scene? And if someone doesn't pay for it, and says, oh, I wanted to pay, but you didn't give me the time. How how do you think this is going to play out in the competitive scene? Yeah, we've already had that discussion in the accusers channel, and we came up with a ruling, which was mm-hmm. uh, it's it's unusually normally board state is the responsibility of both players, but it's the responsibility, particularly in this case, of the defender to not roll their dice when the attacker who's got these pay for re-rolls. So mm-hmm. if it happens that they just pick them up and roll them at the same time, then that's the defender essentially waiving their right to make them choose before they roll. 
So yep. you are then saying, well, now they've got more information to make their decision with. And if they were to roll in their crits, you know, I've got a crit roll to win. Um, then again, that's more information. So it's uh, that's the yep. way that the accusers have been told to rule on this. So you can go back and, you know, give that advantage back to your opponent. Um, so just be aware of that if you're playing competitively. And that's the way I expect it to be continue to be ruled. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's like the ruling that we had also come up when I was talking with Norbert and um, AJ and everybody in there. Um, and that, I think that's the way to go with it is it's it's really on the defender at that point. If you just pick your dice and start rolling, then it's like you just opted to give them that free, that that perfect information environment again. Yeah, and if you flip it around, if it's the defender who's got the re-rolls, maybe the attacker's rolled in their crits and maybe they've done their yeah. re-rolls just with like real, real quick. Um, then you just go, mm -hmm. great, well, now I know that I don't need to spend anything on re-rolls. Hooray! Or I need to spend <laughs> five or whatever it might be. Yeah. I uh, think that's a good ruling because uh, it, it's less arguing. I, I could have seen it go another way uh, where someone rolls early and even if they rolled like three crits, you're like, sorry, man, but you didn't give me a chance to re-roll. I, I can see that. But I could see like a lot more strife and a lot more yeah, like, anger over that ruling. Yeah. So I think this is probably the better way to do it. It's just mm -hmm. to kind of put it on the defender to be more slow and careful. and Because they're the one that could get punished. So they're going to be motivated to follow the rules. You know? Yeah, so I agree with that. Awesome. So moving on to our hot take segment, we're going to be talking about Cassandra Nova, who I guess just came out this week. <laughs> uh, news to me. Um, well, over this side of the pond, she's out. Okay, so in, in your area, not yeah, uh, us. I can't even get cable in Deadpool at my store <laughs> across the street. Like It's like, okay, cool. Um, anyways, uh, Cassandra Nova... <sighs> I'm like getting back into the swing of things. So I'm super behind on everything. And I see people like talk. I saw a post the other day where someone said, got my Cassandra Nova pack and then had the card in the trash. And I was like, is she bad? And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't think she's bad at all. Like her little yeah, two physical defense. That was, be... that was, that was intended as a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I must've missed the, the clarification there. When I, uh, on that, what's but... the punchline on that joke? I don't get it. Punchline uh, is, some, like, we're going to throw one character away from that box, which one would it be? Uh, Gene. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so Cassandra Nova, like, I think for a five threat, she's not bad at all. I think she's got a lot of really cool, neat stuff on her. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. My personally, well, like, right. I need to get back in this. People have been waiting a while to hear Sploosh on this, so we can't not let Sploosh go on this. So, uh... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Give us your thoughts. Well, can you guys remind me what her, the tactics card is? I actually cannot remember the name of it at all. Um, the weird mind control one. I haven't seen uh, it yet, so... I don't know. If you guys want to talk and I guess look that up or something. Um, but Cassandra Nova is basically the character I wish Jean was. Mm -hmm. um, not that like I think Cassandra Nova is like, overpowered or whatever. Not that that's even what I'm looking for in a character, but you know, people might say, oh, they're similar. They both have this like range four or five dice mystic with a sap. Okay, sure. But uh, there's just like more going on here. And I think Cassandra Nova will probably be like a build around me character. I don't think to get the most out of this character, you just throw them into any roster. I think it's probably a mistake. And I also hate that I'm about to like do this because we've it's becoming a meme on our episodes where we keep saying, play this character with like power gain affiliations. Yeah. Um, but like, I think I actually mean it this time. 
Um, because like the real excitement for me starts with mind possession, uh, which is range three, six dice for one power attack, which kind of reminds me of um, what's her name? Uh, the Syria. <laughs> no, the Asgardian. Ella. Oh, uh, uh, Ella. Hella? Yeah. Yeah. Ella. Yeah. And so I loved playing Hella. I mean, I get it. She's not like the best character in the game, but I enjoyed playing Hella in, in Cabal back in the day. And a lot of that was like pay two power, get one power back. Yep. And Mind Possession's like pay one power, get one power back. But mm-hmm. also, um, you know, I'm not a fan of reading cards, but this is worth reading. After the attack is resolved, you may advance the character its speed. Holy crap. Dude, First of all, yeah. there's no if you hit the character. So, yeah, sign me up. And then there's speed. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, pe- it's, it's both. It, it's like better than uh, Ghost Spiders uh, thing. You know, obviously it's range three. So I'm not trying to say this is like, you know, uh, you know, move forward, do like a web line pull thing, whatever. But I am saying that, like, if you want a character in the mix to get murdered, like, this is a good starting place. Um, well, it's you know? it's Deception 2.0. <laughs> well, well, sure, oh, yeah, there you go. Deception on a stick, right? Well, yeah. Um, a great so comparison. That, that gets me really like, excited. Great is comparing it with, like, Siren's Call or Battle of Modoc, where mm. that costs two. Uh, this costs one, but also includes an action, but you get an attack for free, which is a strength, yeah. a, a, a six dice mystic attack. The, the range three is, is a clear distinction there as well. But yeah, anyone who's played against Enchantress or Modoc knows how annoying those kind of effects are. And this is better because nearly all characters are going to be going further away or closer towards you. Yeah, I mean, so this character is, is, is I'm going to just state the obvious, this character is absurdly power hungry. Um, mm-hmm. If there was a such thing as like infinite power, where you could just spend your power infinitely, like this character would be so insane uh, in that scenario. Because the uh, basically this character is like a five threat Mysterio, um, you know, with the running away thing. Mysterio has the blanks give you power though, which is super good, and this character does not have that, and so that makes things a little weird. But Mysterio's um like weird roll dice run away trick is three power, right? Yeah. Um so this is only two. It's called uh psychic distraction. So if the character moves within range three, you get to you know spend two power, not three, uh, and and potentially get to run away, which I think is like a sixty-five percent chance to happen, is the math on that. Um so that's pretty darn good. And so, like, I think obviously people looking at this card go, oh, two physical defense, that's terrible. Um, it's actually not as bad as um, this character named Jean Grey, uh, which has three <laughs> physical defense and can't run away from anything. Uh, this allows, like, you to actually have, like, counterplay and intellectual decisions. Uh, and it's, it's agency, right? Like, you get to decide if you're going to run away or not. And you get to put yourself in a position to know you can use this ability uh, well, and ca- well, counteract your opponent. This so kid. on top of that, you get the stealth too. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. You get so, that. Now, I've, I've got a counterpoint here with Sploosh. Sploosh has been going on in our Discord about mutant racism and looking at like how Domino and Mystique's pistol is not as good as other people's pistol. Well, it's kind of uh, positive discrimination against mutants because when mutants get stealth, they get super stealth. Because yeah, yeah, it's do, called they? stealth, it can be turned off by marked for death. Whereas this ability is not called stealth, and so it can't be turned off by marked for death. So it's stealth that you can't get around. 
I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I think the developers are giving us a wink, though, at, like, these characters would be trash if you could make their stealth not work. Um, like, for I, I'll give you another example. Like, um, Storm is also immune to shock because, dear Lord, get, if you could shock Storm, <laughs> she would be so dumb. <laughs> you know, I think it's the developers are like, wink, wink, we get it. Like, if you couldn't have this ability, your character's bad. Yeah. Um, so this character costs five threat and is kind of super squishy, right? I mean, what's it? Seven health on the front, six on the back, only two defense. Uh, two it's got a healing defense. factor too. So it's like you oh. bring healing factor and exceptional healing. Like there's another character that could use exceptional healing. Is that sure? So she's got built-in brace. So yeah, and built-in brace. Physical defense, which is normally like a double, doing double works. It's doing it against physical attacks and against throws. Is you've got the throws covered if you want it. Yeah, so I mean, let's just say though, like this character was designed with stealth in mind. So if you took stealth away from the character, even for like a yeah. turn, you're basically just murdering five threat, which is a gonna be a dramatic portion of your entire team, um, so, unless you're playing so, like twenty. Yeah. So Ebony Ma, <laughs> better than Ebony Ma. Sorry, I, I had to throw that out there because I mean, you look at it, and that's Ebony Ma's big issues. You get close to him, he's just gonna crumble. I mean, I just wanted to pick up on Sploosh's point about the, the infinite power thing, because just in case you haven't realized this, uh, when you advance them off mind possession, that's character ending a move, and so you can then trigger psychic distraction and then move away from them. So if you've got three power, you can do a one, You can so your turn could be move up to within range three, zap them for a six dice mystic attack, and then move them. And when they end their movement, you then zap them for... Uh, um, psychic distraction and then you get to move away so you're then out of three because you you don't move them that far and you're then out of three so they have to move to within three in order to attack you so there's just some really really nice internal synergies on her card and then if he runs mysterio with her as well he could just throw his little hypnosis gas out there and move him towards her as well and you get two popping off you know just let's just make a list with nova mysterio rocket and goblin there you go you got all the movement shenanigans yeah, the denial <laughs> yeah um so okay let's i i do have a question for you jacob but let's just acknowledge yes this character is healing factor which is pretty cool mm -hmm. uh it makes like holding a random cube or getting stuck out in a gamma not so bad mm -hmm. um and it, and it it does power on exceptional healing i do question though like this character is so starved for power like mm -hmm. I think three power to like use exceptional healing is is probably going to happen, but I don't know, man. I could see this character kind of just sitting there at zero power and then just get spike killed um, because you're going to be focusing so heavily on the psychic distraction and mind possession. But to me, that's like this whole, whole card's point. Sure, uh, but, but I, I, here's my. Well, do you have a thing on exceptional healing? Or? No, just on on power generation. I mean, she's got good power generation. Sap power generates lots of power. I mean, you've played plenty of heritage sap power, but she's got, you know, Vision's Vision's beam attack, which only does a single target, but she gains she also doesn't just gain one off it. She gains damage dealt, and it's a mystic attack. So Yeah, and we I can mention too, power. this is the second character in the game that can attack outside of stealth while having stealth. Obviously mm -hmm. the other yeah. one is Storm. Yeah. Um, which is super cute, you know. Um but I, I, I want to ask you, Jacob, and, and, and you know, Desert as well, uh, Biokinesis and the Spender attack, are you ever using these abilities? I think you could use the Spender, but I don't really see Biokinesis being used as often. I think you want the power for everything else. 
Um, biokinesis is situationally, you know, yeah. really good. Um, for example, she's great slowing down. You know, there's characters who are moving around and being really annoying and fast. So just being able to go, you just get a slow. There's no wild trigger. You just have, have slow. Um, you know, clearly there's some synergy if you're running all webbed up. I'm not sure if you want Cassandra Nova in Web Warriors, but, you know, if you did. Uh, or with She-Hulk, you know, there's people who trigger stuff off people being slowed. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm never going to use Biokinesis, but I'm not very often going to use Biokinesis. Let's put it yeah. that and, and then spenders and kind of mind possession kind of bucks this trend, but the, the big flashy, big lots of dice spender attacks, I find maybe I'll make one of those across all of my characters in a game, sometimes two, yeah. but, but you know, mm-hmm. unless maybe, you can maybe Cassandra Nova who's in a position where she's got a bunch of power um, and really needs to like take out this one character. And then she's got something that does it. Eight dice is good. Physical. Dude, the spender is also good. range two. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's, it's situational, but I can see those, again, the situations where I can see it. But you're right, the, the, the bulk yeah. of her card is her psychic attacks, unsurprisingly, given the character. Uh, and then psychic distraction and you know the ability to kind of weather throw damage, which is going to be vital in some way. Oh, my gosh. Dude, my position is also advanced. Like, oh my gosh, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yep. It's so good. Um, um, especially against yeah. web warriors off, uh, um, war crawlers or flyers, because they can go over terrain. Yeah. Um... Affiliation, Has, yeah, but say, is she on the affiliations list yet? Yeah, well, only I think she's cabal, yeah. Oh, she's not Brotherhood, nope, no, hmm. yeah, man. Brotherhood's been getting the shaft. Actually, you just reminded me too. Shout out to our boy Omega Red, who's affiliated with Cabal and <laughs> uh, was it Syndicate. Criminal Syndicate? Yeah, uh, I am super excited to make Criminal Syndicate rosters as soon as this cut is over. And and Omega Red's going like all my lists, um, right. I have a yeah. quick note about that because I see people complaining about it real quick. And for those, I know we're not, we don't typically do lore, but just real quick, um, Omega Red was not part of the X-Force. He was not part of the Weapon X. He was like the KGB's version of the Weapon X, and he literally just hunts Wolverine. Like that's like his big mission. And he's <laughs> used as Marvel as like a throwing character to try and make another like superhero more popular. Um, like, like or to try it the other way around. He's thrown into different like comics to try and make him more popular. Um, that's like Omega Red's shtick. He's like an assassin that's like used throughout different storylines. Um, but like his main like goal was like the KGB's, like, like the Russians version of wolverine um that's basically what he is i didn't um, read just read the run but i've had people tell me that he was in Sabretooth's x-force or in x-force with Sabretooth. i mean dude if we're gonna go down that road like everybody's in every team ever because you're not wrong <laughs> well sure I guess, I guess this game represents that because you can take people out of affiliation so you know what? I'm happy he's in Criminal Syndicate. I, I get. I I gotta say, I'm a little annoyed with the way things are going. But I think yeah. we have to trust AMG knows the long game, and eventually there'll be like three billion X Men, and we won't be that sad that like one character doesn't get added, or you know, Brotherhood yeah. will get a million characters, right? I mean, so, Brotherhood just got a million characters, so <laughs> they're fine. Uh, but just yeah. clarify, I haven't read that that stuff with. Saber Two X Men, so I don't know anything about that one, or X Force rather. So I don't know about that one. Um, maybe, but yeah. for the, the most of his like lifespan of comics, he's really just been like an assassin that's stuffed in different comics, and he's just a really fun character. And Capcom versus Marvel, that's always fun. Huh. Uh, <laughs> it's blue. You mentioned the tactics card earlier. That's mental domination. 
Okay. Uh, which is one of the give you an attack cards, which they I think they're starting to MG is sort of starting to figure out how to make these cards work and make them more viable and make you want to take them because this is something which you might want to take. Um, so it, uh, yeah, I think if I'm taking Nova or um, Jean, I mean I I wouldn't actually do that, but if I did, I'd <laughs> probably bring Mental Domination because it, it, even if you just get a move action, I think that's strong. Um, but it seems like a cool card. Uh, and, and I think that you're right. Like I, I gotta say illicit tech is like on my short list now, you know, and I think they're getting it, they're figuring it out. So yeah, that's a text um, good. But yeah, yeah. So this one it costs you three, but you get uh yeah, once chosen, yeah. It's advanced I mean, their towards you and then blow them up with uh, two plus defense dice dice. Well, it's not towards you. You just advance the character. Oh, yeah, it's true. But it's only so, so you're probably bringing them towards you so you can punch them. Well, no, you're okay. using the one enemy to kill another enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry. So it doesn't or matter where you go. Like if someone's if oh, they're like man, on your back thing. gamma or whatever, you're just like, yeah, you move off the point and then beat this one off. And you yeah. get to reroll any number of opposing defense dice in the defense rocks. They're like taken by surprise. Ha ha. Yeah, that's pretty be, sweet too. And then you just be rude and make them walk into Omega Red because cabal. I mean, we're looking for cards in the game that create these swing plays. Yeah. And I gotta just say, it's hilarious how the community is really latched on with the swing thing. I, 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 I think it's one hundred percent accurate, and I know I'm looking more for it ever since we had our episode about swing plays. But I do think this is a swing play card, and doesn't have to be like it's not like a turn one play, and doesn't need to be. It just needs to be a really big play on a, a turn does does the character have to be active okay they do have to be active yeah. oh my gosh could you imagine this card if it was an active player oh my lord it'd be like <laughs> ultra climbing gear murder um well it's climbing gear for but for your enemies you don't often get to move your enemies around just whenever you want yeah i, I think we've gone a little long on cassandra nova but I, I does anyone can we think of teams you would play this character in? i do think it's a build around character do you guys agree I don't think it's a stuff stuff. It's not a stuff and play. That's for sure. It's uh, it's more so build around than it is stuff and play. Um, I mean, I think well, her biggest pot. He's he's going to be happy in Cabal because that power generation. Um, I can see her really just sticking to Cabal. I don't really see her being put into X Men. Um, you may want to abuse her in A Force or Inhumans, but again, we're just listing off the power generating people. But it's it's where she likes it. But for a five threat, it's it's really comes into the cost versus reward. Like, is she really going to make that much of an impact in your X Men roster? Well, kind of where I like her is as a, a sort of a hybrid damage dealer and control piece. Mm-hmm. But what you've got to say is, does she deal damage as well as Modok, and does she control as well as Modok? And that's kind of your point of reference. And she's the same threat. She's got. You know, very. There's a lot of comparisons there, and so if you're taking her out of affiliation, there's got to be a good reason. And I don't know, maybe I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Though. Like that's like that that risk versus reward, or the threat cost versus reward, rather. Like, like she's. I don't see her being a stuff in play. I just see her. I like like you said. Like she's to me, she's a build around, or you're just playing her in Cabal because uh, I think she fits in Cabal really well. well I, mean, I think I guess, if. Uh... Nova had the blank thing that Mysterio had. I, I would be like mm. 
just like passionately in love, but unfortunately the character cannot really provide its own power because it, it's almost like the Cyclops syndrome, unfortunately, where you still do kind of need to rely on the bolt. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, I mean, if you have like a force, I don't think this character is way too expensive for brotherhood. And of mm -hmm. course, red skull cabal, I do think there's something there. I think even with Red Skull Cabal, your typical turn might be like hope to psychic bolt someone, hope to gain at least one power. Probably, yeah. No, yeah, you'd get two power. You hit them for one, they get an extra power. And then you use mind possession, hopefully hit them, get your power back, and then you're sitting on enough power to use psychic distraction. I think that's like yeah. the money turn. And if you can do that every single turn, you're like love and life with this character. Okay, I got, I got a pitch for you, uh, Sploosh, and I think you're the best person to judge this and tell me whether I'm completely off my rocker. How about Black Order? So you go 17 <laughs> threat. You've got Thanos, Corvus, and Cassandra Nova. She gets portaled up by Thanos. She then gets a Death's Decreed Psychic Psionic Bolt to generate a bunch of power on her. And then you've got Mind Possession to pull people in for Thanos and Corvus to eat them. Um, I mean, the opponent have to be dumb enough to get close enough in that. But yeah, I, I like the, the concept a little bit. What, what are we talking about for cost, though? That's what? 17. 14 or something? 17, yeah. Right, Thanos? No, Thanos with just the mind is 12, Seven. right? Plus Corvus. What? And you add Thanos? another 5 into that, so you're 17? Yeah. 17, yeah. Yeah. Uh, seems like a pretty weak 17, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, if you spike that first hit, though, like the world is your oyster, though. And if you um, get like three damage through and sap two power, or yeah, yeah, like so. Here's the thing like, I like that Nova's like doing something really interesting, and I do think a team would exist that would make Nova good. Now, is that like all the teams? No, but like, are we even asking for that? Probably not. Like, we got that with Modoc, and everyone's upset about it. So yes, um, we get you know models. That's not good for the game. I, yeah. I would rather have characters like this than have Gene. I, you know, I, I want a character that spikes and does something really cool and isn't like the best in every affiliation. But whatever, it's fine. Um, I mean, I agree. I think she's she's fine in um, fine in Cabal, but again in Cabal, she's kind of competing against Modok unless you run both. Which yeah, um, what's the math on that? Like, what's Red Skull like? Okay, well that's fourteen right there, and yeah, then you throw in like. I guess you got Bob, right? So you can make it a 16. Well, you're already affiliated. In... You can take whatever you like. Take a Koye and... and oh, right. Yeah, have. forget it. Yeah, just to take a Koye. So that's not a bad 16. And then, obviously, like you could do like Baron Zemo or, I don't know, whatever you feel like. I, I mean, I just love Baron Zemo, but, <laughs> you know... Um, He'll get you some yeah. Dark Reign as well. Yeah. I just no. I could point... With Dark Reign, does that, ooh, does that alter our perceptions of her? Not really, because there's not like anything insane with Dark Rain going on here. That, that mind possession is going to get real good. Is it though? Like, what are you doing to your opponent, by the way? If you're using mind possession, Dark Rain, you're like you're being a, a jerk. You're, like, having <laughs> run around you in circles as you're killing them. Like, just picture that character as you're using rerolls. Like, I advance you over here, and then I advance well, you as I because you have to be in range three, right? So. Sure, but it's going to be great against, like, She-Hulk. I'm going to pull you over here, beat you up, and then send you over there for somebody else to beat you up. Oh, damn. Actually, so she's actually kind of cute against She-Hulk because the way she's moving medium but then advances short. Yep. 
So you're getting the extra. That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I've been soft on it. I, like, I don't think Red Skull's been the best character in the game lately. So it kind of sucks that like this character is kind of depending on Red Skull. But I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to rule it out though. I, I think that the template's here, and we could get even future affiliations that could enable this character. Uh, you know what? Too, it's worth mentioning. There's objectives that give you extra power. So. That's something I was thinking about, you know, web warriors often want to take those objectives and she may, may be good in like a web warrior mirror or a web warrior into a condom match where you want that psychic attacker, which web warriors often lack. So well, that and Cabal also really likes infinity and cosmic cube. Yeah. So, yeah. Web warriors I, is not I, I, I think, bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's really good in Cabal. Like that's, that's where I'm like, if I play her, I, I really want to play her in Cabal, which I never really care for Cabal that much, but she actually makes you want to kind of play them. Yeah, I, I probably though, as I said it, I, I agree with myself that Infinity Formula seems like a sweet place to play this character as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you want to get on to the main topic of the week? Sounds like a plan. All right. So we're going to be talking about first um, the two games that were played to make the top 18 um spoosh do you want to like describe what happened there and why that was done just real quick uh well okay so shoot you're gonna put me on the spot for names but, <laughs> uh but shadow marvel uh -huh. pat mm -hmm. travis and what's it jaborf yep. uh those players um well basically you had to go five and one to make cut and the numbers didn't add up quite right so they decided to take the lowest four um, strength of schedule players and have them fight it out to earn their right into top 16 and the four players i just mentioned are those players so um that that happened already though basically everyone else got a week off to you know take a break and um, those games happen and i think we're going to talk about them a little bit just um and do you want to describe i guess desert what we're doing <laughs> Uh, okay, it's so it's a repeat. It is a repeat of what we did before, you know, uh, in season uh -huh. three. Yeah. So. Uh, basically, we're just gonna talk about these games real quick. Um, talk about some decisions. I actually have Pat messaging me right now, so I actually have the information of what happened on his side of things. Um, but we're gonna talk about their quick games. Uh, what exactly happened? Who won? And then we're gonna go into talking about our predictions for. A few select games um and if we want to get started um let's talk about jaborf and travis um mm -hmm. you guys watched you guys were more there for that i'm kind of again i'm getting back into the loop of things i'm very out of the whole up and ups of the competitive scene at the moment but we're getting there actually joined the better league to get some sort of thing going but anyways um what was jaborf and travis playing so Travis, unsurprisingly, was playing Wakanda. Uh, he's been playing yep. them consistently for like the last four seasons or something. Uh, Jaborf was playing Web Warriors, uh, and I know he's mm -hmm. a very experienced player. I played him in season uh, season four. Uh, he's, he's been playing them a long time, and he's kind of like uh, he, he knows what he's doing with them. He's got a good handle on them. Uh, and the way the, the game panned out, uh, Travis got priority and chose secures. I think he discarded demons, which is what you would classically take into web warriors. 
um, especially his play style, that kind of attrition focus, try and punch him whenever you can. And especially with priority, uh, it's likely that um, we'll kind of get into this a bit more later, I think. If you can think back to our who's the beatdown, when you've got two control teams against each other, whoever's got priority wants to be leveraging attrition compared to the person who's not got priority who's going to be trying to control the secures and, and win that way. Um, Jaborth uh, got extracts, given extracts and played Montessi formula. So Travis had a choice of 15 versus 17. Uh, and he went for 15 and played kind of a classic Wakanda wave roster into Jaborth, who took his core of three of uh, Miles, Gwen, Venom. And uh, then he filled it out with a Koye and Valkyrie. Uh, so again, was five wide, which is exactly what you want to do into a Wakanda wave style list. Yeah. Um, how did it uh, play out for them? Like, is it like more one sided, or was it kind of an even match <clears throat> off? So at the end of round two, uh, it hadn't gone. Uh, I was I was commentating on this one, and at the end of round two, I hadn't gone at all how I predicted. You know, like I said, I expected Travis to come out and be sort of uh, days KO focused, and Jabal to be moving off the point and scoring the middle point, and sort of controlling the center of the game. Uh, it turned out that he let Travis. He tried to. KO the Black Panther that was the first activation to go and pick up a central book and he decided to go all in to try and take him out and Travis did a really smart um, climbing gear to get Black Panther back to safety after he'd taken a bit of a punch um, was like man I just need my Black Panther back somewhere a bit safer and so we moved him back short and that was enough to get him out of like a Venom range so some, some good play from Travis there uh, that kind of switched the tables, so it became that Travis was more of the control player and Jaborf was more of the trying to beat the beat down player. And Travis played really well in the first two rounds and ended up ten four up after two rounds on Gamma. So he went five and two twice with two books and the central and the back Gamma point. So um, yeah, it was in a really strong position. First activation in round three, Jaborf sent in a Valkyrie who just destroyed like three characters. Um, it was just some massive spikes, some good dice, um, and that really swung things around. And at the end of that round, Jabolf scored nine victory points. So it was like right back in the game. Uh, I think Travis got like one or something or none. No, he got none that round. All of his characters none. were up to yeah, it's Quite a swing. <laughs> yeah. So then. Oh, good old Gamma, man. Yeah. Going into the final round, it was 13 10. And you know what Gamma's like. You can easily score uh, six or seven victory points if you. If you get the dice you need and make some good decisions. Travis made some good decisions, but he didn't get the dice he need. His Valkyrie was a bit underwhelming all through the game. Uh, and if he, his Valkyrie had sort of just gone a bit more average, um, then I think he'd have been in with more of a shot. Uh, there were a couple of couple of, couple of of mistakes by both players. They had some issues with like pushing models around and bumping into terrain because they hadn't, I don't know, looked top down on TTS maybe. Mm. But... That it was really that Valkyrie that, that swung it around and just um, some some real good dice. Sometimes that happens. Uh, going into this game, you said your predictions didn't quite go out how they panned. Like, what were your predictions for this game? Uh, I thought that Travis might have misstepped a bit in like turn zero. Um, mm -hmm. Demons would have been obviously going for skewers is absolutely the right thing, and it's unfortunate to discard demons. So he's in a bit of a hole. So then, given the choice of his choice was then Gamma or Sword. And I think probably the sword uh, plays a bit better because um, it allows you to, if he wants to go on the attrition, which I think would have been still his game plan, it allows you to leave your characters off one point and bring them to, to bear on that attrition because you'll likely still control it, or at least you're making them spend their actions to go over and, and flip it. Uh, so Jacob, what, yeah. what's Jaborp's roster at 14th threat? 
He's only got one two threat character. Yeah, so, I think he can only get yeah. it. That's right, because he's so only got three affiliated Wolverines. He's always running Miles, Gwen, and Venom. He hasn't got any other options there. So it's probably like the Web Warriors plus like Enchantress versus yeah. like Wakanda plus. Did Travis also Toad? can't go five Oh, wide. wait a minute. Tra Travis took Toad out, right? Yeah, he took Toad out for like Scarlet. So his 14 isn't any better. Yeah, well, they're both four wide. So. It's not like a slam dunk to go uh -huh. for sword and go, I'm going to go five wide to your four wide. And then even though I've got priority, I'm going to get the last action every round. Um, so, so that wasn't yeah. an option for him because of the way he built his roster. But okay, even, so even having chosen Gamma, um, he talked about this in the interview afterwards, he looked at Dwarf's roster and identified that there wasn't really an answer to Modok in his roster. And Modok's great on Gamma. And uh, a 17 threat of upgrade, taking the Wakanda wave and upgrading Gwen to Modok. So you've still got Valkyrie in there. That feels real strong. And I think maybe that would have really helped him as well. Just having the consistency, you know, additional consistency of Modok in Wakanda with Shuri and all the bows going on. I think maybe that would have, might, might have helped. Yeah, so... so Jaborf's alternative would have been swap Valkyrie out for like Angela, which is not probably as strong as having Modok. Um, Especially because I mean she's good on the on the books if they don't go and grab it straight away, but you've got no control over that. Yeah, he's got like Daredevil, but you wouldn't bring Daredevil into Modok. Um, I'm trying to think of what would even be his play. He had a Koye, so we could have changed a Koye to like Enchantress and just gone like Valk Enchantress. That probably would have been maybe one of the better choices. Um, yeah. But I, I agree. I think the Modok play would have been really strong. Modok is just very good to Web Warriors, period. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it's a shame that he discarded Demons Downtown. Do you want to go into why Wakanda really wants Demons Downtown? Yeah. So I wrote an article on the Wakanda rosters, and that really got me thinking about what secures you take. And I think Gamma's a no-brainer. I think Sword, 14, going five wide at 14 with Wakanda is really good on Sword. So um, I think that's kind of a no-brainer as well. And then you've got this third secure. And I think your third secure, you nearly always want it to be uh, like a, either something you pick when you don't have priority or you do have priority, whichever one you weren't planning for. Probably when you don't have priority, because normally you have two. And I, or if I forget priority and I choose, I'm going to choose secures and I want one of these two. So one where you don't have priority or one where you're teching against specific matchups. And I think that's good into the control versus control matchup, which is exactly what this is because it's a slower one and it forces them to come to the center but they're still not they're not going to accelerate into the distance like they can with gamma because you've got uh, all the all the skills are only worth one and it's putting out if they are if they are playing that control style and standing on the points then they're getting incinerated which helps with your attrition focus so if you're going i've got priority and i'm playing into control that's the reason it, it could be very good into them all right uh, is there anything else you guys want to mention on this game before we move on to the next one? I, I would love to know why Travis brought Sword himself if he doesn't kind of go five wide on Sword. I'm, just, I'm sure there might be a reason. I just would like to know what it is. Um, because I feel like Web Warriors have been losing to Sword a lot. I, Hell Cannon lost on Sword to Wakanda. Uh, he was He's a very strong Web Warrior player. And then uh, the guy that beat me lost on Sword to Wakanda. Uh, in his last round, both games were like round or yeah, round six, I guess game six, mm -hmm. uh, to, to knock them out of cut. So, I mean, it's a track record, and this is Web Warriors against Wakanda when the Wakanda is playing Sword, and he didn't 
go for the sword. I, so I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, but that that's just my thought there. Um, I actually had to look at Travis's roster because I know we just talked about it last week, and I, I know he had Toad, but he cut Toad from his roster, which kind of weakens him on sword, in my opinion. So mm. I don't know. I'd like to yeah. know what the logic is. I, I talked about it in the article, and I think it was like a calculated risk because he wanted – he gives him that extra strong 19 with uh, Scarlet Witch and Modoc together in Wakanda. Yeah. And so you're kind of, well, now I'm leaning into the demons, but then he discarded his demons because he would absolutely have loved to have gone against Web Warriors with Scarlet Witch and Modoc on a 19 threat demons setup. That would have been great for him. Well, it's all the percentages, right? Like, you're right. Okay, so he, he discards demons. That sucks because it's a high percentage win rate, right? Then he goes into Gamma, which is probably, I'd say, like a 50-50 at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, probably. Now, he could have made Sword, like, you know, let's say 60-40 or something, but he elected to gamble on that so yeah i mean i guess he just got kind of caught out on that so that that's my passing thought and maybe he hadn't realized that his opponent couldn't go five wide maybe he probably did but how about this too i I, i'm not i don't want to linger but uh jaborf could have played uh hammers or spider infected i think it was the right call to take montessi because if you spend too much energy running around chasing objectives in the corners like wakana can just go up the middle of your your gamma and just score a lot of points Do well, you think that's was, accurate or well i think it's more about angela i think either of those are great with angela yeah so well, he didn't have priority too right so exactly so uh you know you've got you've lost priority you've um travis is going to get first activation if he first activation angela's or does the the pat dunford special and puts a blank panther over to grab a hammer and threatens the other hammer with an angela with a size four building nearby or something then that's just like a, a bit of a hole to get yourself out of so um yeah i i think probably of the three extracts that he had then the the montessi was the right choice but i didn't feel like that was a great option for him there Hmm. So you you think he should have taken spider infected or? I mean, I think he should have had. I think he should have had um, reset station in his roster, and he should. Oh, have taken <laughs> okay. Well, that's just a full audible. I mean, that's not his choices, though. You know, he didn't take it. Yeah. So, but of of the three he's got, I think he picked the right one. Yeah, I, I think I agree as well. Because you you can't afford to have your characters running out for those when, like Wakanda can just slay you in the get three vps on your home point or something yeah um yeah all right all right um well speaking of pat dunford uh we're going to talk about shadow marvel and pat's game that they played to get into the top 16 um sploosh do you want to give us a quick like how it started um i can do actually i do have something from pat um pat told me that he didn't have priority and he discarded cubes um so that's how his side of the game started out um, so you want to go over like what they were playing um, and well, the list they ran with. Pat had the choice then of research station or spider infected, and mm-hmm. uh, Pat chose spider infected. Just um, sorry before we go much further, a bit of context. Uh, Pat was playing portals defenders, so I jumped through a portal and do stuff defenders, and Shadow Marvel was playing a kind of a relatively classic Wakanda roster. Yeah, I didn't bring up all of Shadow Marvel's choices, but honestly, I don't care because he picked Sword, which I think was the right call. <laughs> yep, completely. Uh, he's one, playing Wakanda, like Sword, defenders. Yeah. yeah, and you want defenders to feel squeezed at the lower threats. Mm-hmm. So I, I already know he made the right choice. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it was... 
something which Pat used against me in season four is if you're paying power to jump for a portal, then you don't often have the power to go and interact with the secures as well. If you're one of those one power characters. Now, luckily, uh, we've got Iron Fist in Defenders as well now. So they've got Valkyrie and Iron Fist who can afford to pay for a portal and jump through, but then they can't go and get an extract and interact because they're jumping through a portal. So there's some just making that turn one a bit harder for the Defenders player by playing paying playing a pay to flip secure is a really strong, is a good idea. Any thoughts why Pat wouldn't take Research Station? I think just because Shuri? Um, possibly. Uh, he's almost certainly going to be less wide. So he's almost got, certainly going to seed priority the, the last activation, even in round one. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's it. Just looking at it and going, well, I'm not going to be able to stop myself from getting pushed away by Shuri. Wow. Um I'm actually looking at Shadow Marvel's secures. They're all really low threat. Sword, Fisk, and Gamma. It's a 14, mm -hmm. 15, 16. Wow. Yep. So Pat just knew as soon as he lost priority, like, oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> We're playing a low threat game. Yep. Uh, and he went as low as you can go. So, yeah, I, I don't know there's much else to really say. It was a super tight game. And if you watch the recording of it, which is on YouTube, uh, <laughs> if you just read chat and listen to the commentary, you'll think that Pat lost. I was the line judge on that game, which is, uh, in case people aren't aware, that's the, the judge you report things to who then goes to the main judge who's actually dealing with the players. So if you ever watch something on the, uh, one of these top cuts, you should be figuring out who the line judge is, and the streamers are generally pretty good at telling you who that is. Because um, what we don't So you could hear them talking? So no, I was I was watching it via the stream, but okay. uh, I had a line to the judge. Uh, it was Wargaming Dad, I think, and he was judging it. And so I had a line to him. And uh, at the end of it, I asked him to confirm who actually won because there was some confusion. Uh, yeah, there was. Pat won, and then chat lost their mind. Yeah, well, so what ended up happening is um, there was two 50-50s for Shadow Marvel to win the game. And he... First 50-50 was attack with Toad, uh, roll a wild and push a character off the middle sword. Uh, obviously, if this works, then you automatically 100% guaranteed flip it. Uh, he did roll the wild. And apparently, from Pat, Pat told me this, is Shadow Marvel said to him, I have to kill Iron Fist to win this game. And Pat paused and he said, okay. And... What really was happening was uh, Toad was within range two of the sword, could have flipped it 100%, moved once, and flipped a uncontested sword, and the game's over. And chat was losing their minds because, oh my god, Pat lost, and, and all of the uh, people who've won the TTS tournament are no longer in the bracket. And then uh, it turns out uh, Shadow Marvel forgot that Toad uses range two interacts. So he didn't even know he won. It's just your yeah, mental load and tiredness and your sort of mental fatigue through a game. Um, and there's just so many things. And he was very gracious about it. And so he learned a lot. Yeah. I, I can believe that. Um, yeah, it was quite a, a, a hurricane of emotions. Uh, you know, Pat had mentioned, he was like, you know, honestly, after like round three, I was just so like drained from this game. I was just rolling dice whenever I felt like it. <laughs> Uh, because you know, with the Wakandan thing where you have yep. to like wait now, uh, it's just it's taxing apparently. I have not actually played one game yet with this new rule, I, but I'm 
kind of worried <laughs> if Pat is tired. Um, Pat's yeah. like a machine. If we're tiring out the machine, what do we? What hope do us normies have? So. <laughs> I I will say that I played a game. Was against Wakanda or anything like that, but. It definitely like is a noticeable difference because like just your attack steps just take that one little fraction longer if you get rerolls into the equation. But yeah, that's that's crazy that Pat was saying that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's much else on that one. You want to hit like one of the games that hasn't happened yet? Well, I think All right. So yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You go ahead. I think it kind of tees up the one one of the games I'm interested in seeing. Um, I wanted to talk about that game and this game because this is Pat's next game, which is against um, uh, which is against Joshua Fink, who was the number one seed, sort of the highest strength schedule, highest tiebreakers, undefeated Wakanda player from Australia, who uh, did a great guest spot on uh, Strike Better podcast, their most recent episodes. Go and have a listen to that if you want to know more about him. Because it's kind of similar. He's got the defenders into Wakanda again. And I think some people might have been surprised that uh, Pat zagged back to defenders. But I think it was a really smart meta call. I think if I had to pick one affiliation, if, I, if you told me I'm going up against Wakanda, guaranteed, and you know we're not going to play a mirror because that's just, just a dice game. If I'm going to try and stack the odds in my favor as much as possible, which one, which one affiliation would I take to try and beat Wakanda? And it would be defenders. Um, yep. You can get people up in their face with the portals and start getting the attrition game going really early. Uh, you can potentially, you know, if they don't deploy well, you can daze Shuri and not have her do anything in round one. And then probably because you're going less, you're going narrower than them, you can probably just KO her and just take off the board and have just like no Shuri this game. Um, it is can happen, and I have done that. Uh, it, you've also got easy access to Mystic attacks on whoever you want to try and deal with Black Panther or Okoye. So. It, I, I like that matchup a lot. Um, one of its bad matchups used to be into Black Order, but I think uh, Pat's gone solo defenders and he's got Iron Fist and, more importantly, Luke Cage in there. And with uh, Okoye and Luke Cage and Heroes for Hire, and I can't remember if he's taken like a, a sacrifice or an escort to safety type card. He did take sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. So with that as well, you've just got layer upon layer upon layer of, no, you're not attacking that person, Corvus. You're attacking this person. And you've done some damage to them. Now you can attack this person. And then you're going to get thrown away so that you have to move back next turn. And just like it's got, I think that's going to give a much stronger game into Black Order. And Strange can boost the dice on Iron Fist and Cage uh, as well. And if, if Strange isn't getting killed, uh, then that keeps happening, right? So, yeah. sort of like creates this wall. It's really cool, actually. Yeah, um, so I think that, that that release has really changed that matchup. Uh, as long as you've got the space in your roster, which you struggle with if you're not going solo defenders, but Pat is, so he's he's got 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 that taken there. Um, and looking at the looking at the way the the bracket plays out, I think the big weakness for defenders is Brotherhood. There's only one Brotherhood player, and I think they're on the other side of the bracket. So. Oh. Uh, if he were to meet them, it would be in the final. All right, so Jacob, how about the fact that our man Joshua Fink uh, is running Demons Town Town, Gamma and Sword? Uh, I think like, that the setup you go with with Wakanda, I, I just do. I think those that's what I would put in my Wakanda roster if I was um, if I was building one. Yeah, I'm I'm being convinced. I'm not a huge Wakanda player, but I feel like I've learned if I was going to play them tomorrow, this is what I would bring. But, you know, it's going to come down to priority. I think you go for sword again, uh, round two. You yeah. Um, kind of that simple. I, now, maybe it, let, let's pretend that 
Joshua doesn't get priority. His choices are uh, Fear Grips, uh, Research Station, and Spider Infected. What do you think on there? Um, Fear Grips, I think, is uh, it's not not great because it's so easy to send someone through and have a hammer and run away and then have some people threatening the other hammer. Um, Joshua is taking Angela, though, so maybe he puts Angela on the other side. Uh, I don't hate it. Sorry, Fear Grips. What was the other one, too? Sorry. Uh, it's fear, spiders, and the research. I think research you don't take, right? Because that probably makes... I mean, I think that's positive for Portal Guy, right? Well, he can put a lot of people around the research station, and particularly um, if he's playing a central-ish uh, secure as well. Yeah, then having a lot of defenders... What would Pat yeah. bring? Probably demons, 100%, right? Uh, it seems likely, yeah. I think that would be what you'd want to choose against Wakanda. Um, Pat brought Mutant Madmen. Yeah, I uh, I think that's a Criminal Syndicate uh, card because... So yeah, he's, he's going to go Demon Gamma like all the time then. Yeah, he's, he's gonna, if he discards one, he'll play the other. And if he gets a choice, he'll play whichever he thinks is better. It seems likely. Yeah. So you could lock Pat into a low threat value if you catch him discarding... Um, the demons. Well, I mean, even on seventeen, the um, the seventeen defenders team is pretty good. Right, I'm just saying. Okay, so Pat discards demons. Pat doesn't want to play mutant madman into Wakanda. Maybe Pat's a wild man. He could do it. I could see him. But uh, you know, maybe he drops gamma. Right. Maybe and he does play Joshua... into Wakanda. Maybe he goes. Okay, Shuri, I don't care if you push me off because I've already flipped it. Fair, right? So I'm just thinking. This is the kind of stuff I do when I play people is I try to hedge like, can I trap someone in a threat value I want and they don't want, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm Joshua, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he discards fear. Maybe I pick something kind of low. Like maybe I take research station and kind of trap him at 15 or 16, you know? But then you got research station gamma and... Has he got enough to get rid of all of those people that are going to be jumped? Because you know exactly where that portal's going to go in that case. Oh, yeah. And, and so I'm sure he's got to so be on point many, that game. So many people in the center. And are you going to be able to displace all of them? Well, you have Wakanda no. forever. So, mm. good. Okay. Like, Maybe one turn, but then. Yeah. Mm. And they're going to be so bunched up that you're going to have to do it in a really particular order. And it means that if you get essentially like a conga line or like a, um, a triangle almost coming out or a chevron fanning out where the person at the back is back, isn't contesting, but they are far enough back that they're backstopped against terrain and everybody else is backstopped against somebody who's like in this conga chevron thing that they've got going on, then your pushes aren't going to be particularly effective. Why is um, Pat playing Nebula? Like, do you think he takes his 14 and mm -hmm. makes it a 16? Is that possible? So, yeah, Nebula is kind of like the spicy tech in his list. Uh, and I think it's just getting Nebula is just like an efficient beta. So people jump out of the portal and blow things up is the game plan. And let's take that Gamma uh, research station. Everybody's going to be in the middle of the board. Everybody's going to be within one. Nebula's going to be getting really good quality attacks in for a two-threat character and is going to really try and leverage that attrition. Yeah, I think he brings Nebula in at 16. It's possible, yeah. So he's doing Gem Strange, yes. Valk, 
uh, Iron Fist Okoye. That was his 14. We know that he did it. He played it. Okay? Sure, but that's You just 14. added Nebula. It fits. But I'd, I'd rather have... Wait. Because he was already playing Okoye. I know. And you just add Nebula. 14 plus yeah. 16. I can also see bringing in Scarlet Witch, though. Uh, it, it is Wakanda. Maybe you're right. But... That is pretty spicy. Like Nebula through a portal range three, she's pretty nasty. Could kill like Shuri's for yeah. you, and then you can um, like pay a power and switch it to Mystic and kill an Okoye pretty easily. Yeah, that's pretty cute. I I actually I would love if they could somehow get their game to be sixteen threat. I will, I want to watch that. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if just, I can just message Pat. Just yeah, message Pat. Pat make it. Are happen. you judge, Are you judging that one, Jacob? Uh, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Like, like, I'm uh, saying there's a non-zero chance it could happen. Like, because if sure. he discards um, the one, you know, if he, like I said earlier, if he discards uh, the demons, and you know, he gets kind of stressed into a 16 with research, it, it's possible, and I would love yeah. to see it. I, it's possible Pat has been thinking of that, and maybe I'm just assuming, but it sounds I, good to me. I feel like <clears throat> because uh, Joshua's running spiders, isn't he? Uh, he's got a five yeah. a five scoring thing i feel like that's going to be what he's going to want because yeah. then it makes you know he's he's got a lower character quality in terms of threat density um so you know strange with a spider on him is sad and often yeah, well, he won't do it right well often defenders only run four wide because if you've got that really expensive leader uh and yeah, so if you want to bring if you want to bring yeah Strange and Wonder, then you're probably only getting four characters in your in your list. <clears throat> Iron Fist and Valkyrie are really good with spiders. I, that's what Pat was doing, and I was pretty happy that's with true. it. Because charge and jump kick for the win. Yeah, so if you um, do get displaced, you've got a, an efficient way of getting back to where you want to be. So, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, they are good on spiders, you're right. Weird boat. And then Nikoya would grab one if possible, but unlikely. Um I mean, she can go through a portal, zap someone, gain a power, grab something in the middle if if you feel spicy, or just have her grab something in the corner. Yeah, um, but then flip it round. If Joshua wins priority, I think we might see a sort of a replay of what we saw. Um, yeah, in the earlier game with Pat. So we're, we're probably right. That's why I flipped it because I, I think I I th maybe uh, maybe I'm wrong. Joshua proved me wrong, but I think if he can take sword, he just takes sword. I, I think that feels like it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like we talked about, that paying the extra power um, is because you've already got the portal tax and Strange on zero power. And if you're taxing them even more power, who have you got that can give a power to Strange to go jump through a portal? It just makes that round one a bit more of a puzzle to solve. It's not impossible, but it does make it harder, especially if you then... Also, well, Sword's a snowball, right? So if you win, yeah. then you get to move Strange away. Yeah. Seems yeah. good. Um, so to wrap up this game, who are you guys going for, Pat or Josh? So much of it comes down to priority, but I think yeah. just on the matchup, uh, never mind the players, I think they're both great players. Although I haven't seen much of Josh, yeah. but everything I've heard and uh, of him and heard about him, he seems like great players. Just on the, the rosters, I think the defenders roster has the edge over Wakanda, like I said. I think that's what you would want to take into Wakanda if you had the free choice. Hmm. I can't. I can't pretend I don't know. It's Pat playing, so <laughs> it's like I. I want to say Pat just strictly because it's Pat, but 
Uh, I mean, I'd say it's a 50-50. Like Jacob said, it's going to come down to priority. A lot of this game, if two players are really on top of things, the priority role is like so ridiculously big. Well, what it does is it shapes uh, the game, and it allows the priority player to shape it in a way that best advantages them. And that doesn't mean they always win, but... I mean, oh yeah, no, it might be like a five percent win rate change, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's still like say fifty-five percent, right? Like it's you still have to play the game, dice still have to be rolled. Well, it might go from happen. a fifty-five percent chance to a forty-five percent chance. That's a ten percent swing, right? Yeah, but right, it's that's competition. You know, it's like the yeah. Olympics. You win by half a second, yeah. You know, or, or less of yeah, yeah. a second or whatever. So, or and there's be one roll that makes the difference. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me. I really want an Oceanic player to win the finals, <laughs> so I'm 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 going for Josh. Um, but if you really look at it, like it's it's basically a repeat of the last game Pat played. So he kind of has that practice going into almost almost a perfectly identical roster. They're very very similar. Um, there's some differences here, but they're they're pretty similar, and they both want the same things. So Pat kind of has the upper hand by by, by just playing this roster recently. And I, I kind of think Pat's gonna end up taking it, but I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Josh's corner for this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good hedge, does it? Is, is, is it uncomfortable on that fence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last game that I kind of wanted to bring up is Thrawn or Nate um, versus Mandalorian, who we've had on the show before. Um, Nate's gonna be playing Cabal, and Mandalorian is playing Wakanda. Um, I just thought this was a really interesting one because uh, Nate's a great guy and like he's bringing a really really solid Cabal roster. Like Splush and I were talking just before we started, and he was even saying that like this is a really awesome Cabal roster. He just kind of brought up some questions with me that I thought were interesting. Is like, um, what is Nate going to do? Like, is he going to go Sin or Red School against Cabal? Um, is it really down to the scenarios, or does he is, does one handle Wakanda better than the other? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, we've got to go to Sploosh first. He's the master of uh, Cabal into Wakanda, surely. I I really like Nate's roster. It, I mean, if you're going to go solo Cabal, he kind of covered all his gaps. Um, man, I, like it's interesting because uh, with because Sin exists, uh, mm-hmm. he can he can try playing low threat and and hang. Um, I mean, I, you know, obviously there's no reason to talk about Wakanda. But we've murdered that topic but yeah i mean we know it's an entity that exists and it's good um and cabal uh I, I, i'm looking at nate's roster um let me let me just read it real quick uh it's sin red skull so he's, he's given himself a choice uh modok enchantress baron zemo crossbones ghost spider okoye medusa and iron fist um so only four characters that are not members of Cabal, uh, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, what does Nate's expensive roster look like? I think it's Red Skull, Modoc, Enchantress, yeah. probably Zemo, Medusa. That what's that got him at? Yeah, uh, that's what twelve, uh, seventeen, twenty. There's twenty right there. Look at that. I just did that. <laughs> so there quick. it is. Well, that was easy. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I, I think lessons learned. You want high threat against Wakanda. I whether that's actually true or just like a myth, though. I don't know. I mean, because we've discussed Wakanda has the ability to kill things. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I 
It's hard. I, I don't think like this cabal roster is some kind of like meta destroying uber force of nature, but I like 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 everything Nate is doing. Uh, he's covered all the highs and lows, and I like all his decisions. I can see the logic. You know, like for example, he's got heroes for hire and sacrifice, which is kind of a hedge against like a black order type roster or something. You know. Yeah. But um, he's also got offense with dark rain. Field dressing and all you've got, not an Alyssa Tech spicing it up in there as well. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. You say that uh, Nate wants a high threat, but the highest threat this game can possibly be is 18. None of them have brought any 19 or 20 threat um, crisis cards. Sure. So sure, I just was wondering, like, how 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 can he cap this out? But well, an important um, thing is, so one of the checks you've always got to do when you're going up against Wakanda is, have you got a list you're happy with into the Wakanda wave? And I think he goes five wide, probably with Sin, um, something like Sin, Zemo, Crossbones, Enchantress, Okoye, something like that. Uh, it seems like a sure. good 15, which I'd be very happy taking in without priority yep. into uh, a Wakanda wave matchup. So I think that, that seems pretty good. Uh, so he's yeah, got that, kind like of base, that that box ticked. Mm-hmm. Also, he brought offense, like a lot of offense. Yeah. With illicit tech, all you've got field dressing and dark rain. I mean, that's yeah. just like four so, cards of murder. So that brings up the question do you think he's going to try and out objective Wakanda or take him out? Hmm. I mean, you're probably default kill him because his actual. Medusa is like kind of, Medusa, Modok, and Enchantress are his control pieces. I guess he's got Ghost Spider, but if I had to guess, Ghost Spider is more of like a counterpick character. I think that's there um, for Black Order. I think that's part of the Black Order. Right, and Iron Fist as well. I think you're actually not going to see much of Iron Fist or Ghost Spider unless it's like a you know Black Order or Brotherhood or something. Um, but I think the answer to your question is it lies in his tactics cards. So which restricted cards has he taken? He's taken all you've got and field dressing. And that tells me he wants mm-hmm. to blow things up. He's got a uh, bit of rivals. Um, it's not surprising, actually. That's hardly worth common. Everyone's got a bit of rivals. But he's got um, Dark Rain instead of Cosmic Configuration. This looks like mm-hmm. a, I'm going to kill you in the face kind of list. Just, just yeah. looking at the way the tactics cards look. Yeah, I mean, you remember even back like season one and two, I was praising Dark Rain and kind of like, eh, Cosmic Configuration's whatever. Yep. I think it's fun that he just hasn't even done it. You know, another thing I noticed about these rosters, uh, out of, what, 16 tactics cards, they only have two duplicates be- between them. Um, <laughs> it, bitter Rivals and Advanced R&D, two cards I think should be on the restricted list, but I know a lot of people love Advanced R&D. Uh, yeah, don't you put Advanced R&D on the restricted list, please. <laughs> I know I'm a monster and I want it there, but I get it. I get <laughs> why people don't want it there. Um, bitter Rivals can go there, though. It's annoying, even though I played in every game. Yeah, but it's because you play but, it in every game. But yeah. that means they're taking four different restricted cards and um, just a lot of interesting other cards. Uh, I, I might as well mention um, Mando. He took Escort to Safety, which is obviously for Black Order. Usurp, which, you know, when he goes high threat, everyone knows Kind of Forever. Climbing Gear is one of his changes. And then mm-hmm. his other card, Brace and Med Pack, which, you know, more of like a defensive oriented strategy um so yeah to wrap this one up do you think nate has it or mandalorian um i've got to pick mandalorian uh partly it's down to the rosters 
Uh, Wakanda, I think, does tend to have the upper hand over Cabal. And maybe Sin changes that a bit. And maybe I haven't experienced that. And maybe I'll be surprised at how good that Sin into Wakanda is. I don't feel like I've solved Sin, though. So from where I'm sitting right now, I've got to go for, again, irrespective of players, taking the players out of the equation, just looking at the lists. I think I would go with the Wakanda list over the Cabal list. I think it comes down to if, if Nate can play Modok or not. Um, so looking over things, uh, we got like Gamma, Sword, and Extremist. So Extremist would probably be like really annoying for Modok, but then you could just play Gamma and, well, maybe not Gamma. Oh, geez, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, like because you could theoretically force Modok into anything. But yeah. uh, it would be really awkward, for example, probably to like try to play Modok on Sword. So... I feel like maybe um, if I'm uh, Mando, I'm like trying to maybe go sword or like ex or extremist. I, I, Gamma would make me slightly nervous. Uh, just that the possible spike death could happen. Mm. Um, I, I you know, I, I realize Wakanda Wave is super awesome, but like I've played the Cabal Red Skull days, and I, I haven't even put a sin list together with that. But I'm just saying, you know, whenever Modok's on the board and it's like Gamma, like you got to be it's a little scared. You know, yeah. Uh, with some pr appropriate backstopping, you can negate Shuri's power and just kind of end the universe. I love, yeah, so, love that matchup comes into how well does Shuri control Modog? Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm so looking at what Nate's got, so he can drop Mystic Wakanda herbs. That's probably one of his most powerful cards against um, Wakanda. If he discards this, he's going to be really disappointed though, because he's got cubes and spider, which. It's good for Wakanda, so he's probably going to hedge strongly on Wakanda herbs, and then exactly, yeah. for his secures, I don't know, man. I, they all like seem like pretty good secures for Wakanda. So I know mm. a lot of people feel like Shuri's bad on D's, and Nate is playing two D's, so he could force the D uh, map with like portals at eighteen or extremists at seventeen. I think, so, I think spider portals is gonna be significantly better there. I don't think you want to give the Wakandans the option of the healing yeah, extremists. I agree with you. I think I would lean for sure at Spider, but at least he has a backup plan if he discards it. Yeah. Um so I don't know man. Like I, I gotta say Mando's the favorite, but yeah. I would not count Nate out here and he's got the tools to pull it off. For sure. I mean yeah. it's entirely possible Nate wins, but you asked me who I think is gonna win and Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the Wakanda. Oh, yeah. I, I personally think that Nate could do it with Sin, because I think Sin has game into Wakanda. Um, just the leadership alone and what Wakanda wants to do, like the leadership kind of plays into that. So I think that if he goes Sin, Sin might actually have a chance to make Wakanda not have a very fun day. I think it almost kind of... Do, do I think this? I mean, maybe... If you have, if you win priority, maybe you're more inclined to play Red Skull, and if you lose priority, you're more inclined to play Sin. Mm -hmm. Reason there being, you go if you've sin. lost priority, I could agree with that. You go with Sin, so you can go wider. You can match them in numbers, and you're going to get the last activation, so you're not going to get Wakanda pushed or thrown off. So you're going to trigger your leadership more often. If you've got priority. They're going to go as wide as you. They're going to go last in all of your sort of one-on-one -on -one matchups, and they're going to move you away. And your leadership's never going to trigger, or well, not never, but it's going to trigger a lot less often. Yeah, no, I that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I think Nate has a good chance. It's, I really like the roster a lot. I, I I kind of honestly feel I don't know why I feel like we're going to see Sin in this this game. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, he's playing on Tuesday, so. 
and from what I understand, they're trying to stream all the top games, so I'm sure people can uh, get out there and see it. They both are playing Enchantress and Medusa, mm-hmm. and and then um, Mando's playing Angela, and Modok is the difference for Cabal. It's just kind of funny. It's like a face-off of like, yeah, we're good, and we're both playing these characters. Um, so, like I said, I think Modok's the difference for Nate, and uh, maybe yeah. Angela's mm-hmm. the difference for Mando, right? Because if Mando can get extracts, run away, turn one, you know, grab middle, whatever. That's just a totally different game. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up for the discussion part. One thing I do want to say, I don't know if there's any spots left, but NashCon extended how many people can go. So it's up to 32 now instead of 16. So if you were looking at going to NashCon to play some MCP, um, I know Sploosh is going. I'm going to be trying to be there. Wizard um, is going. <laughs> you heard it here. I will drive to your house. I mean, it's like a forty-five. It's like a forty-five minute drive for me, so it's not bad. Um, but yeah, so if you were interested in going to Nashcon before, uh, there's probably some tickets still left. So um, check that out. But I want to say it's good yet, to be back. We didn't, um, we I don't think that. they're. I don't know if they're actually up yet. Or not. I haven't heard. Um, he's going no. to tell me. So yeah, join our Discord, and then you'll see. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I, I will definitely be shouting to the heavens once I see the official announcement for because I want to have more people to hang out with. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I just want to say it's good to be back and um, looking forward to getting on with it. And we're coming up on close to a year here pretty soon. Mm. So, uh, just want to thank you guys for listening and sticking around with us. And it's good to be back. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of The Danger Room. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something to level up your next game. You can reach out to us on our Discord, Twitter, or Facebook. The links will be in the description. We have a questions channel on our Discord, so feel free to drop us some questions in there and we'll answer them on the show. Thank you for taking the time and listening to us. If you're liking what you hear, leave a rating or comment or even both. We appreciate any feedback to help us grow and become a better group to bring you the best quality content that we can. See you next time in the Danger Room.